For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Mike Sando, who covers the NFL for The Athletic. He once again did the 2021 NFL QB tiers. He pulls a bunch of coaches and executives from around the league. They rank the quarterbacks, the starting quarterbacks, around the National Football League. And he's here again on The Update to talk about it. Did Jimmy Garoppolo rise? How big of an impact will Matt Stafford make with the LA Rams? And could Tom Brady really have risen on the list at 44 years old? All things we can talk about with Mike Sando, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, August 11th. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Mike Sandu, who, of course, covers the NFL for The Athletic. And it was a blast talking to Mike last year at the end of July. He, of course, does the quarterback tiers every year. And, Mike, nothing more fun than ranking quarterbacks, ranking them in tiers, and then deciding who's better than the other. How are you, man? How was the offseason? And are you all geared up for 2021? You know, I am geared up. This is my 23rd year covering the NFL. It doesn't get old to me. It beats working. And my eighth year of doing quarterback tiers. So we have kind of, you know, some year-to-year comps on some of the players. We can see where they're at in relation to the past. And it's really become kind of a market evaluation of the position in the league. It's how the league sees it. It's not my rankings, really. It's, It's the league's rankings. You just put it in perspective for us. I think that's a great way to look at it. It's the league's rankings based on on who it is that votes. I was just thinking, you said 23 years covering the NFL. Do you align your career with Tom Brady's career? Does it match up that way? (laughs) Well, I'm older than Tom Brady is, but I I actually covered Michigan in the Rose Bowl. I was covering the Pac-10 before I covered the NFL when he was on the team with Steve Hutchinson, who just went in the Hall of Fame, with Charles Woodson, who went in the Hall of Fame. So I've been doing it a little while. That's kind of a funny way to look at it. Just uh, it, what blew my mind is just off the top looking at the quarterback tiers, and I don't think anybody was like shocked that the Buccaneers were involved last year, and obviously went all the way to the Super Bowl. I think it surprised some people based on how well Tom Brady played. But I was blown away looking at these tiers and looking at the rankings. That off the top, you let us know: Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, obviously number one. They're kind of in a class of their own. But right below them, how did Tom Brady rise in the rankings this year? As far as how the league looks at him, is he has he possibly gotten better since going to Tampa? Well, I think that people have been waiting for him to fall off, you know, because he's so old relative to what we're used to in the league. And so when they had a down year in New England offensively in his final year, and then he changed teams, you know, I think people just said, hey, it didn't look the same. And sure, it wasn't as good around him in New England, but there could be an adjustment here. And just enough people shifted off of him to make it to where he was sort of kind of in between one and two and really at the top of two last year. But I see that as the aberration. You know, I, I think that every other year he's been tier one. And there was a little bit of debate this year. Nine people out of the 50 put him in tier two because they're a great team on defense. I think there was a perception that they helped him out with the running game a little bit more as they went along. And so, you know, you could make a case. So these are really high too. But I don't know. Most people see him as a one and just because of who he is. And it's really hard to win the championship. I don't care how good the team is uh, around you. You just show up somewhere. There's a lot of good teams that didn't win it. You know what I mean? You show up somewhere and you affect whatever it is you affect. How people play, the culture, you name it. They go and win it all. I think that's really amazing. And he gets a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I think you have to give them credit for it. The year before, they weren't in the postseason. And, you know, they had Jameis Winston throw 30 interceptions, and they weren't a, a Super Bowl contending team. Tom Brady gets there, and, and to your point, the culture changes. I, I was sort of laughing to myself on uh, on Sunday night watching some of the Hall of Fame induction ceremony in Canton when he gets booed during the, the Peyton Manning speech, and Peyton just sort of let the boos ride out, and he turned around and raised his eyebrows, and I thought, boy, this is just the motivation Tom Brady needs to come back and, and sort of stick it to the NFL yet again in 2021. 
2021. But on the other side of things, I mean, Brady being the old guy, last year we got a, a look at a couple of really great young quarterbacks, Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert are the two I'm looking at for this year. Who do you think has more upside based on what we've seen in these QB rankings for 2021? Obviously, Herbert sets the record for rookie touchdown passes and really jumped in as, as sort of a surprise, started a, a, as a, a you know an injury starter after Tyrod Taylor got hurt. And then Joe Burrow goes down with a big injury behind a, you know, and not a stellar offensive line last year, but was having a good rookie season. What do you make of these two guys and who offers more upside for this year? Yeah, you know, I think everybody would have said Burrow, you know, going into last year, but now he's coming off of a bad injury. He's in a place that hasn't, you know, really been a great organization. They've been okay, but hasn't been great. Certainly haven't been as good since losing Marvin Lewis. So there's just probably enough question marks there. People do love Joe Burrow, but right now, you know, through this short window of being able to see the two and seeing Herbert's athleticism. I mean, I think you could split it down the middle and some would like, you know, some would like one, some would like the other, but let's face it, Herbert came out ahead. So you probably have to lean a little bit towards him and just see what Burrow does coming off of the injury. But people like them both a lot. I think what's so fun about the tier system or ranking these guys and trying to decide who's better is so many different styles of quarterback now, like like Josh Allen, such a a big arm, kind of hard-nosed runner who's right there with Lamar Jackson, who showed off his arm, I think, a little bit more last year than we saw a couple of years ago, and they've said they're going to have him throw a little bit more. What do you think that's going to do to him in Tier 2? Do you think Lamar's going to thrive more as a passing quarterback? Do you think it's going to hurt his output, or have we seen just the total arrival of the dual-threat quarterback where you have to have both of these skills? I want to get to Trey Lance of the 49 in a minute, but it seems like that's sort of the next wave of where football is going. It benefits. And look, there's always been Steve Young and Fran Tarkenton and guys. There's, we could name 20 guys. In fact, I went through and looked recently at like 25 years ago. It was about the same number of guys in the league that you would consider a little bit of dual threat. I think teams are doing a better job of not trying to put those round pegs into square holes. You know what I mean? They're they're maximizing it more. And certainly when you look at tier one, I mean, Rodgers can move in his own way. Mahomes moves really well. Russell Wilson over his career. Deshaun Watson, even Josh Allen at the top of tier two. Lamar Jackson, you're right. There's a lot of guys there. Lamar, though, I mean, I think the feeling in the league on him is that um, – he sort of is what he is, and that's good. But th- there's still going to be a little bit of a hole in his game from a passing standpoint, and it's maybe unlikely that just by getting some different receivers in there that that's going to change appreciably. Now, Josh Allen did it, so there were people who didn't think he could do it. So we will see how it goes, but his running is so special. It's such a huge part of what they do and who they are they don't necessarily see it shifting in a manner to where they're more of a passing team and get really good at it. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Yeah, I like that thought process that if he is who he is, let's just sort of accentuate what he's great at and sort of extrapolate that sort of play calling. And I think you get the most out of a guy, especially when you put your team behind his skill set already. A couple of years ago, we saw how great they could be uh, when he won an MVP. Sort of right behind them, uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Then you go Matt Stafford. I want to talk about the, the NFC West here. I'm out in San Francisco. And so this is probably, I think, for 49er fans, the biggest question mark in the, the NFC West as far as you know status of quarterbacks go. We know what Russell Wilson's going to do. 
Kyler Murray appears to be getting better every time he touches the football. But Matt Stafford coming over to, to Sean McVay in this offense, and really now he him getting to choose his quarterback, sort of like Kyle Shanahan and trying to acquire Trey Lance or go out and maybe trade for Matt Stafford himself. What do you think this is going to do for Matt Stafford? And more importantly, what does it do for the Rams offense? I mean, is this going to be a totally different style quarterback than we've seen before? Is he going to throw more touchdowns? Is he going to be the 5,000-yard passer we'd seen? Jared Goff excelled in this offense early on. What do you expect to see from Matt Stafford this year? I think he's better than Stafford is. I think he can handle more. I think he can do more in the passing game. But I don't necessarily think that the team around him is what it was when Goff was flourishing a few years ago, right? I mean, the offensive line probably is different. They don't have necessarily a Todd Gurley. Now there's a little injury concern depth-wise at the running back position. So people might forget they won a playoff game last year. You know, so I think it's going to look better with Stafford than Goff. I don't think it's easy to do better than you did last year, you know, as far as advancing further and challenging. But I will say this. They had a really good defense. And if you look at Matt Stafford in Detroit, there were three years when they were even in just the top half of the league offensively. And they were winning like 9, 10, 11, 12 games every one of those years. Okay, those were winning years for him. So I think you can expect that. And maybe there's just a little bit of a more of an ability in a postseason setting to put it on your shoulders, not for entire games, but in those moments, so that when you're maybe if you're if you can get to a Super Bowl, you're not losing 13 to three like they did to the Patriots. That maybe Matt Stafford can handle a little bit more of that pure passing game when other things aren't working to get you over the top. Boy, I know there are like defensive battles, but I'm thinking back to that Super Bowl. I thinking back to my Super Bowl party that day. That was kind of a snooze of a bowl. I don't think the the game winning touchdown came until late in that one. Looking more at the NFC West, specifically at the 49ers now. Jimmy Garoppolo is one I talked to you about last year. He's one of the more peculiar guys to try to peg when it comes to the rankings and analysis of him is that they bet a lot of people have him as as a third tier quarterback. This is a guy who led the 49ers to a Super Bowl appearance a couple of years ago. Uh, obviously, didn't throw a ton in that NFC Championship game. Only started six games last year due to injury. He appears to be a lame duck quarterback with the arrival of Trey Lance. How do you peg a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo? And I imagine he's showcasing not just for his job here in San Francisco, but but for teams around the league going forward also. Yeah, I think the injury is part of the evaluation for people. You know, you could probably have made a case he'd be a higher three or even a low two when things are going well. But, you know, he does miss a ton of games consistently. Even in New England, he he didn't last the four games, you know, when he had to fill in for Tom Brady. So there's two other factors here, too. And I think this comes into play with other quarterbacks, whether it's Kirk Cousins, a little bit of Ryan Tannehill, too. When you're on teams that really want to run the ball all the time, you put Russell Wilson in there five years ago. They really want to run the ball all the time. People in the league see that as, okay, you know, they, they want to do that partly because they don't really have full faith in their guy. And then in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, Remember when there was sort of a, oh, Kyle Shanahan could have put it on the quarterback's shoulders and he kind of decided not to. I mean, people are looking at that and kind of seeing that he's injured too, seeing the heavy run game and just kind of going, okay, you know, he needs all of that around him plus a good defense to really push. And if you have that, he'll do it. But otherwise, if he could carry more of it, you know, they might not be playing that way and they might not be trading so much up to get a different guy. 
it's kind of the, the Jared Goff thing you were just talking about with Matt Stafford. Maybe that's the difference in a playoff game is having a guy who can take the ball and take that weight on his shoulders. One more for you on the way out here. I like looking at the guys in tier three and mostly guys who are like kind of fringe young guys, maybe been in the league for a few years, seeing who you think has the, the biggest opportunity to make a jump. Carson Wentz, again, with an injury here, this is going to be a problem, I think, for uh, his development with the Colts. Now they're potentially looking at, at a backup quarterback uh, elsewhere. Baker Mayfield is one. And then Daniel Jones, who do you think of those three as the best opportunity to take a step forward? I know Baker looked like he was a much better quarterback last year. They're talking big-time extension for him. What do you think of those three guys, sort of middle-of-the-road, I don't know, fairly young but could make a jump forward? Well, I think the best opportunity to make a jump is probably Carson Wentz because of how low he was last year and going to a good team. I think Baker Mayfield just has a good chance to be good again. You know what I mean? He was already good. They have a good team. I don't see him suddenly becoming this dynamic, incredible player. I see him kind of being, you know, maybe ascending to the bottom of tier two, right? Isn't that sort of where we might see him? And then Daniel Jones, I don't know if I love the whole thing, organization, how he's played, protecting the ball. Wentz is one of those guys we know has talent. And I'm not betting on it, by the way. I really have some doubts about him, and certainly he's gotten hurt again. But somebody who's at least played decently before, was in a horrific situation, goes to a good situation, I think he could look better there. I'm just glad I don't have a ton of money on it. I don't have any money on it, by the way, just to be clear for the future of my employment. But yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty soon putting money on stuff like that, they might want you to have action on things. You might be having yeah, to bet on I mean, things during I just game. saw the Cardinals did a deal with a MGM Grand. How long before you know our writers are? That's hilarious. Yeah, it's a different time. We'll be going to the kiosk to try to get to, to get a player to say something specific in his post-game presser to say, you know, banana split or something in the post-game presser. Anyway, Mike, thanks so much, man. It's always fun reading this. We'll keep reading you all season long, and, uh, and we'll check in with you again at the end of the season. Thanks so much, man. Great. Hey, thank you. Always fun talking to Mike Sando. We'll check in with him again uh, at the end of the season. We'll see how accurate he was about his projections of who could move up in those rankings. I'm I'm skeptical about Carson Wentz, but I do hope 49er quarterback Trey Lance, also out of North Dakota State, fares a little bit better. What is it, already Carson Wentz's third or fourth season in the league? Fourth or fifth season in the league? We need Trey Lance going a little bit higher than Carson Wentz has gone to this point. Thank you to Mike. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. Each Friday, every Friday from now until the start of the NFL season, we're going to preview a team in the NFC West, and it all starts this Friday with the LA Rams. Jordan Rodriguez, who covers the LA Rams for the Athletic and to stop by. She was our LA Rams correspondent last year. So we'll pick apart the Rams on Friday, and then we'll get you all set for the 49ers and the Chiefs at Levi Stadium this Sunday, week one of the preseason. Until then, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you Friday.